Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Puck Off here on Black and Gold Productions. I'm your host, Chris Nozick, as always, joined by my co-host, Mr. Andrew Johnson. Andrew, how are you? It's been about a week and a half since we sat down. We had so much going on before. Have you been able to relax? No. <laughs> I mean, it's just I the thing that really gets me is that when there's not much hockey, there's not much hockey. It, this is the dog days. We said this on short shift yesterday. This is the dog days right now. And yet but there's still stuff going on. There's still stuff going on when and we and we can we can fill we can fill an episode because we do it for the content, but man, when there's not much going on, man, real life, real life goes in the front burner and you re- actually, re- you actually have your responsibilities as people, and it smacks you in the face, and you go, "What is this? No wonder I dive myself into all this other crap." I don't want to be an adult. I want to be less of an adult. I need well, an adultier adult. <laughs> uh, speaking of people who need to adult a little bit better, uh, we, were, we were trying to figure out where to start, but you know that that that's a pretty good segue. Um, when when you are an adult, it does not include you know, trashing your vehicle and um, flagrantly being stupid. Uh, Mr. Alex Galchenyuk, what uh, it's, it, it's funny because we're talking about how it's the dog days and this whole thing unfolded about what, five days, maybe mm-hmm. six days. Yeah. And yet it still seems like such a, a short event. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah. obviously Galchenyuk getting in the car, there's alcohol involved, he breaks some mailboxes, threatens some cops, you know, the normal Friday night. As you do, you know, you you call a you call an African American cop the N-word and you say to the cop that he will that you're gonna harvest his organs with one call to Russia. And um, threats. I mean, you know, I mean, who hasn't who hasn't okay. gone on an absolute tilly? Although and just before the story came out from the athletic, there was an incredible meme that I, 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 I loved. Basically, it was the owner of of Arizona picking up the phone going, wait, Colorado Eagles cut them right now (laughs) because he had such a good year. He had heard that he had a great year in Colorado last year, but it wasn't for the avalanche. It's like, like, well, you're, uh, you're, you're half right. (laughs) So, I mean, he had a great year in Colorado last year for the Eagles, Mm -hmm. almost a point per game. So he goes and derails it. I, I mean, then, then regardless of who he is as a person, any of that stuff, because let's be honest, we just don't know. I've never met the guy. So he's, we've never uh, met Alex. into the player assistance program, which is good, which is good. And hopefully there he gets all the help he needs, not just some of it, but all the help he needs. Because mm-hmm. I know where you're going with your next comment, um, whether whether he's intentionally a good person or intentionally a bad person. I'll, I'll let you take the floor with this one. Well. I don't think it's a, it's, there's a saying, there's an old saying in my family and it's intent doesn't matter. What matters is that it happened. Um, with an addiction with addiction, it can be very difficult. It blurs the lines between who you are as a person and who you are as whatever that is. But I got to ask you, Chris, if you dig that deep into yourself and that's what you come up with, there's got to be something there that needs addressing outside of the alcohol, don't you think? Well, that's that's the thing is you don't you don't um, you don't go to those places unless you've already been there without it. Right. It's uh, it's um, what what was it? Uh, drunk. Uh, what of uh, sober thoughts? Something about uh, drunk words, sober thoughts, kind of thing. Something like that. Yeah, yeah drunk words, sober thoughts. So I mean, yeah. I'm glad Galchenyuk's getting the help that he needs, and that the players that the players association isn't just saying, "Well, you're on your own now, kid." There's there's a, a Bill Cosby joke from the '80s, and yes, I know, probably not the best person to be referencing, but it, it's oh about the the joke is about cocaine and how it intensifies your personality. And he goes, "Well, what if you're an idiot?" Well, yeah. 
alcohol can intensify your idiocisms. And if they're that kind, then, you know, they didn't start from nowhere. It, right. You don't just wake up on a Friday night, go out, have a few beers and start tossing the N word around when you've never done it before. Right. Exactly. There's you know, something it, there. It Right. And there's something, and, and obviously there's a, there's a huge hot button issue between Russia and, and all that stuff. And, you know, it, regardless of where you fall, there's still a human respect element mm. and alcohol can make you blur that line and make you completely go over the line. But at the same time, if you can't see the line when you're sober, it doesn't matter how drunk you get. And hopefully when I say all the help he needs, hopefully for him, it's not just about alcohol, drugs, anything like that, that led to the situation becoming as bad as it was, as far as property damage and driving and, and that sort of thing, but just getting the help as a person mm -hmm. to, to overcome everything else. Cause clearly the guy's got some demons. Well, he's got some demons and he's he and by the way, this is not defending. This is not defending him. This is just adding a little more context to his situation right now. Um, he apparently got some bad advice uh, last year when he went to work the world championships and uh, tried to with his girlfriend, his girlfriend's temporary visa expired. His fiance, excuse me, her temporary visa expired and she got detained and deported back to Canada while he still lived in the U.S. And she's been deported in Canada for over a year, not able to cross. OK, so that's been part of it as well. Um, it, it, funny is not the right word to be tossing around right now, but mm. it's the the girlfriend element we were talking about it on sunday's bng show with mark uh we were talking about jeremy swayman and his slow start to last year and how mark mark told us that it part of it was he and his fiance had, or girlfriend or whomever who'd been, who had been with for years broke up very early close to the start of the season and it's like mm -hmm. well that explains him having a two-month slump and like all things considered it's a good thing he didn't drive under alcohol or anything like that but you know, just the parallels of being separated from someone who's been so important in your life to get to where you are to get through some of the high moments. Because like I said, last year was a high moment for Galchenyuk. The year before that, making the NHL, that's a high moment for Jeremy Swayman. And now all of a sudden you have someone, you know, the person that you think is your rock, your, your other half, the person who's there for you through all of it is now gone. Well, I'd say Swayman handled it a lot better, mm -hmm. but at the same time, we saw what it did to him at the beginning of the year. And now we're seeing something like this for, for Galchenyuk. It just, the parallels are pretty astounding. It, it is, it is. And, but again, like Swayman, Swayman probably went out and, you know, played the field and showed the girls the <laughs> showed the girls TD Gardens like this is my workplace, baby, you know, and <laughs> and uh, did all that. But didn't I mean, properly rest before his starts. Is that what you're saying? Yes, correct. <laughs> but in Gao Chenyuk's case, it's just, you know, I mean, there's 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 no this. This is just to add context. There's no excuse for what he did. and. I guess the, the only real thing, the only real thing to say is that, you know, you hope that somebody like Alex Elchenyuk gets the help that he needs. And, you know, maybe it helps him get his career back on track because that's a former third pick in the draft. Not third round, third pick. Top five third pick. Overall. Former 30 goal scorer. He's not even that old either. He's, he's 29. He's 29. Is he really? Yeah. Why do I feel like he's younger than that? I don't know, but he's... uh. 2012 draft. He's 29 years old. And I believe he's been on eight teams now. Ooh. And Arizona was supposed to be, this was supposed to be a second tour in Arizona. You would probably would have had some, uh, he probably would have had some uh, bottom six time with some power play time over there. Oh, and he probably would have had top six time over there. Maybe, maybe. You but... know, especially given the fact that he was a piece that if they had inserted, inserted him into their top, top six and we'll explore more of Arizona in depth in an upcoming episode with, with their lineup and everything. But he was very much a piece that you were looking at going, holy shit, they could flip him at the deadline and actually get a good thing for him. Mm -hmm. 
you know, built now, building piece around, you know, for him, right. you know, but now it's, but you know what? And not to say, like you said, not, nothing excuses what he does, what he did, but good on the players association for stepping up and allowing him to participate in the in the player assistant program mm -hmm. because you got to remember he was only an an AHL player mm -hmm. and not all AHL players are contributing to the NHL dues and players he union. did he did sign a two-way contract so i think that's what made him eligible but that being said that being they, said however they are also going to fight to keep his contract potentially they're they're exploring it there, there may be a case where they come out and they try and fight to keep his contract together mm -hmm. with, you know, no one should shit on him for, for doing that. That's their job. That is what the purpose right. of the union is for. Hell, that was an, the, the, hell, the, uh, uh, the, the, uh, players union was ready to, uh, file an appeal on Mitchell Miller's behalf. And yeah. you can't fault him for that either. If they had, if the Bruins had bought him out and you can't fault him for that either, because again, he's, he signed a contract. He's part of the union now. That's their job. Right. Once they sign a player, once they sign a contract, they start paying dues to the union. They are awarded all of the union benefits. And that includes mm -hmm. a free defense for unconscionable decisions mm -hmm. right. and behavior. And mm -hmm. you know what? If you were in their position and you didn't do it, you were, it was an, an accusation because this is also the same thing. Wasn't it? Um, was it Alex Kalorn? Who had that Twitter allegation against him last year? During Ian Cole. Ago. Ian Cole. Thank you. Yeah. I I don't know why I was thinking Kalorn, but I knew it was someone. Same team. Life. Same team, but different different guy. Yeah, it was Ian Cole. But they base, you know, like that's a situation where the benefits, the union benefits, kicked in and defended. So we haven't heard anything from it since. Now mm -hmm. I'm not saying it never happened, but all I'm saying is, is what happened. Like mm -hmm. if, if, right. if someone, you know, I, I could go on my phone right now and, and create a bullshit note and screenshot it, create a, a no name Twitter account and tag someone and destroy, try to destroy someone's life. If I go from nowhere from that, then chances are it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. If it actually happened and I go, here's proof. Well, now we have a different story, right? We don't have that story. We have a screenshot of a note claiming something happened from an account no one's been able to touch base with mm -hmm. so yeah it, it's all well and good to sit there and be like oh the lightning should have caught him well it's probably a good thing they didn't because nothing shows that he did anything so that's what the point of the union is and they're gonna step up probably in this situation i i have a feeling they're just kind of monitoring the mitchell miller situation because he's still under contract they didn't terminate the contract they just said don't show up we don't want you here yeah, we'll we'll, we'll pay, pay we'll we'll pay you to go away, which is you know I mean because there is a there's a basically a fee to do the right thing. They buy him out. He they he will actually count towards the cap. This way, he doesn't count towards the cap. Right. It it affects him by like ninety grand. It's not a lot, but it's enough for this team to be like we can't do that right now. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We'll unfuck our situation with just getting rid of him. So, uh, can we defuck? <laughs> uh, no. Anyway, but that that's the Galchenyuk situation. Uh, do you think he's done in the NHL? It's going to be really hard for him to come back from this. And if he does, it's going to be it's going to be a success story. Um probably. I hate to say it, but he's already moved around enough and, you know, like I feel Evers? like I feel like he's gonna have the whole season off. Like he's mm -hmm. just gonna be a torch, like a, a torch all year. Mm -hmm. Um, but we have seen we saw Bobby Ryan come out of the player assistant program. Still had talent. Now he's not in the game now, and and maybe that's a good thing for him now. I don't know. We'll have to reach out to Bobby Ryan and find out. Mm -hmm. But it it just may be one of those things where he decides to step away or you know what i would i would give him another 25 games in the nhl i i can see someone else kind of testing the waters like you said he's a former number three overall pick mm -hmm. someone's yeah, gonna that look cachet at him doesn't go, just go away right someone's gonna look at him and go 800 grand 800 grand oh mm -hmm. 800 yeah. grand for a top six winger possible mm -hmm. uh 
let's let's give that a try. You know, like yeah. someone will. And and I hope they do because even if he only gets 25 more games, that's a success story for him. Mm-hmm. You know, and obviously if he's a total asshat and doesn't deserve it, then fuck him. He's done. Then fuck, him. Then fuck yeah. off. <laughs> right? He can puck off, which is basically what uh was it Philly told Tony D'Angelo? This After is Carolina, this is such a mess. Oh my After god. Carolina this is such a said, mess. Eh, never mind. Well, Carol well, the thing about Carolina is that they're keeping their they're keeping the seat warm for Eric Carlson. So they think. That's what they think, but they're keeping them. But you know, just for just for context sake, they're keeping the seat warm for Eric Carlson. Pittsburgh's also there, like kind of rummaging about. But it, Carolina seems to think they're in front. So, honestly, if I'm them, I have no reason not to think that either. Have mm-hmm. you have you really looked at what Pittsburgh has to deal with to get Eric Carlson? They're gonna have to deal a quite a few. They're gonna have to deal some roster players to get equal value for that. Problem is, they can't deal any of the roster players because no one on their roster is gonna have San Jose on their no movement clauses. Eric Carlson for Jeff Carter. The trade is one for one. <laughs> uh, like everyone, like the names that I keep hearing: Jeff Petrie and Mikel Mikel Granlin. Granlin makes sense. He's got no trade protection. He's five million dollars. That's almost. That's a. That's a little shy a half of the problem with Eric Carlson. But Mikel Grant Mikel Granlin fell off fell off of a cliff last year. Right. But once you throw Petrie in there, you sit there and you go, well, he's got a, no, a modified no trade clause of 16 teams. Mm-hmm. Why would he put San Jose on there? <laughs> 75 and sunny, 365 days out of the year. Yeah, but if I'm him, I want to go win a cup. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you know the what are the 16 teams are you putting on your on your no trade clause if you're a five six million dollar player right now all the teams who can't afford you mm-hmm. right but but just to go just to kind of circle back to the tony d situation um carolina's keeping the seat warm and th- there was a th- there was some clause with tony d's contract that a lot didn't allow the trade to that a trade between philly and carolina to commence until july 8th because of some some weird clause in his contract so what had happened was because he was traded last year he then signed an con a new contract Mm -hmm. you cannot be traded within the same 12 months Mm -hmm. the same calendar year in which you were last traded now, the reason why Philly and Carolina tried to appeal it is because they went to the league and they said the GM in, in uh, Philly who signed this deal isn't there anymore. Like there's the whole point. That's is not a defense. <laughs> it, well, no, the whole purpose is cap circumvention. Basically, I can't trade you a player today. And then in April of next year, you trade him back and retain salary. Mm hmm. That's salary circumvent. That's cap circumvention mm-hmm. and a whole bunch of other shit. So you would have to wait until 366 days from today. So you'd be able to trade him back to me as of 721 24. Mm-hmm. And that's what the league came down with. They tried to appeal it and say the GM who signed the contract isn't here anymore. The GM who traded for the player isn't here anymore. How the fuck can that possibly be cap circumvention? Like someone else tried to bring him in and the new person doesn't want him anymore. That's not circumvention. That's just undoing that. Can, can we defuck? Like, can we unfuck? <laughs> That's what they're trying to do. And the league came back and said, no, you have to wait until July 9th mm-hmm. because he was traded on July 8th. You have to wait until July 9th. You're free to do it July 9th. Well, this was three weeks before then. And somehow, some way, Carolina came to their senses and said, you know what? Fuck D'Angelo. Let's go after Carlson. <laughs> and Philly is left there holding with their dicks in their hand. Like, which is why I, it, this is the funny thing. Cause I sent you the tweet. I was like, if, if Yarmo Kekalainen was pissed, cause he thought he had a deal in place with Boston and he, Briere and Waddell will never them. speak to each other. Briere, like, I mean, come on, Briere and Waddell. How must he be feeling? He must be flipping tables. We had a fucking deal. We tried to appeal it, and yeah. now you're backing out. Yep, yep. 
Instead, Briere's just like, mm, no, we see what you mean. We're just gonna cut him. So Briere was like, Briere was, oh, okay, I get it. Tony, come into my office. And with that comes history. There's history in this deal, Chris. I know, and it wasn't Ryan Suter. And it wasn't Ryan Suter. Tony D'Angelo is the first player in NHL history to be bought out twice. Do you think he can make it a third time? Yes. <laughs> well, if, in order for him to make it a third time, he have to be signed a third time. And there is a distinct possibility that no one takes that because that's a toxic asset right now. Yeah, but it's a toxic, cheap asset. And cheap assets, <sighs> I mean... Look, I, I'm not defending any team that goes out to get them right now, but right now your your top unrestricted free agents, Jonathan Taves might be done for good. Patrick Kane won't sign for two and a half more months. Tarasenko is the one that I'm highlighting going, what the fuck is going on here? But yeah, you know what? I, I get him not wanting to bet on a short-term deal going into free agency again at the age of 32, but I mean – 50 points in 69 games last year. Like he's a solid top six player still, mm -hmm. you know, 16 plus minutes a night. Uh, you know, he was, he was at um 5.5 in salary last year, seven, five AAV. I just, I don't think teams are willing to pay him what he wants. So, but that's an interesting one because would you what? pay Tarasenko what he wants in a in a in a all things equal situation? What does he want? Hmm. I mean, we just found out today that Ilya Samsonov wants almost five million dollars from arbitration. Good. Meanwhile, the Leafs are luck that. with that, bud. Good <laughs> luck with that. Let me know how much money you don't get. So, how much do you think Tarasenko wants? You know what I mean? Like, where's his head? And you, you, we just saw Dmitry Orlov got 7.75. So if I'm Tarasenko, I sit there and I go, I'm a better forward than Orlov is defenseman. I can do more. Orlov, do you think, or do you, do you, is I there think... any legs to your theory that Orlov was signed as a, as sort of a, like a Carlson sweetener. I, guess. I don't want to call it a sweetener. I call it a Carlson facilitator mm -hmm. because like, like we were saying, if you look at Pittsburgh right now, the only players who don't have trade protection on Pittsburgh's major league roster right now, their high end roster would be Granlin, Eller, Nieto, Nylander, O'Connor on the back end, Ruta, Pierre Oliver, Joseph, uh, Ruettel and Ty Smith, mm -hmm. and then in net, DeSmith and Nedeljkovic. Everyone else has some. DeSmith is still on the team. Oh, yeah, he's got 1.8 million dollar contract. Interesting. Well, they signed Jari and they signed Nedeljkovic. I was actually, I, I was under the impression that, oh, yeah, he's their veteran. He's Interesting. But but my point being, though, is is you can't add five of those. You can't add five of those guys together. Actually, all of them. Eller is two point four five. Uh, no, wait. I think if you throw Granlin in there, you get close. You get close to ten or eleven million dollars if you include all of them. Mm -hmm. So it's like you package all five of those guys and go get Eric Carlson. Great. Now you just opened up four more holes in your lineup. Mm -hmm. Like. Philly or Pittsburgh in this instance, they don't have the assets to do it without an underwhelming return in San Jose, Carolina right now, at least with the sales pitch. Cause if you're going to go after Granlin, someone who you pointed out is fallen way off. Mm -hmm. And I like Granlin as a player, but your sell is Pittsburgh is you only have them for two years. Carlson mm -hmm. you have for four. So you cut the pain in half in time and we make the money work, you would have been spending the money anyway, but at least you can, you get out of the albatross that is Carlson and the money sooner. Mm -hmm. Fine. Well, if that's the sales pitch, guess what? Well, we've got this kid, Dimitri Orloff with no trade protection, 7.75. Now you take on his entire cap hit. 
we've, you know what I mean? Like if we're Carolina, we're sitting here right now already with 2.5. So we only need you to retain 1.5. Hmm. And you're out of most of it in two years. Do you think and, that there's so much smoke and fire in here that it just burns out and no one does anything and there's paralysis by analysis and Carlson oh, opens the season in San Jose? 100%. He's in San Jose. If anything, I would say that that's a deadline deal. Because the other thing that you're going to see... Because it's too, less money. There's less money to move. It's a lot less money. And like I'm looking at Carolina right now. As of right now, they have $2.5 million in cap space, 11.7 by deadline. They have 2.5 in cap space? Yep. But they have 11.7 as of right now at the deadline. Right. Okay. They have 2.7 in cap space and decided to spend 7.5 of that very precious cap space. After Orloff. Oh boy. (laughs) So yeah. Anyway, but my, my point being though is, you know, 11.7 come deadline. That's not a bad thing to swing, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and, and you're not swinging as much. And right now, especially if you're Carolina, you're like, I got two seconds. I can give you two seconds for them you know, and, you know, a bad contract. Well, mm-hmm. what's a bad contract for them? <laughs> uh, can't be Brett Burns. Um, <laughs> Kakaniemi? I mean, Kakaniemi wouldn't be that bad to send in the other direction for him. Mm-hmm. 4.8 million kind of helps make the money work, you know? He's a fine player. Um, he's not a $4.8 million player. No, but Carlson's not an 11-7 either. I mean, he won a Norris, Chris. Yeah, and, and no. <laughs> I knew no. I knew I knew that once that washed over you, it would it would hit you. <laughs> Just did did that hardware does not make him an 11-5 player. I'm sorry. <laughs> However, I will say this. So if you if you package a guy like an Orlov and Kotkaniemi and those two second round picks. Now, not only are you getting Eric Carlson, but you can also say, hey, throw in, you know, Nico Sturm too. Mm -hmm. You know, like, is he earth shattering going the other direction? No, but now you have him for two more years. He's a 28 year old center, fills in the Kotkaniemi role, gets a little cheaper. You have him for the extra season. Like, again, is anybody walking out of there holding the trophy high going, we won the trade? N- no, mm-hmm. but that doesn't usually happen when you're trying to ditch an $11.5 million Norris trophy winning defenseman. Who's had one good season in the last four. Greer definitely has his work cut out for him over there. So at a, at a certain point you have to sit there, especially if you're Greer and go. <sighs> loss minimization. Yeah. Some cost. Some cost policy, you know, and, and at the end of the day, all he has to do is go, I didn't sign that contract. <laughs> I had to get rid of it. The other and guy I, did. And oh, by, by the, the way, way, would you like a slightly used Mark Edward Vlasic? Uh, right. But oh, by the way, I also had to get rid of the Brett fucking Burns contract, which was almost as bad. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, I, I said it to, to Dylan, my old co-host on puck off on jdf a while back i kept saying it if you're a sharks fan be ready embrace the suck mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like you know i i get it you have some good talent sure hurdle couture leblanc now duclair it ain't taking what do you all of those players have in common uh mediocrity no, well, not no, no. Let me be a little more <laughs> gentler than that. Uh, LeBlanc, Couture, and Hurdle were all drafted there. No, not that either. What are their ages? <laughs> oh, uh, they're all over twenty-five. They're all closer to thirty. Uh, Couture's thirty-four. Hurdle's yep. twenty-nine, and LeBlanc yep. is twenty-seven. As is Duclair, yep. by the way. Yep. Um, there is not a single. RFA guy in the bunch of their like core right now. No, no, fucked. they are. Yeah. That's fucked. what I'm saying. He had a lot to do. He started the process. There's a lot more suck left to go for them, <laughs> <laughs> but 
San Jose is going to be a very interesting one for us to to go over as we we dive into each team in the mm-hmm. coming weeks here. But I, mean, I was taking I, I just took a quick look at their cap friendly and um, my eyes. My eyes. <laughs> yeah. And you know what the funny part is, is they don't even have like good draft capital either. Like, yeah, they have their own first. They have their own seconds and whatnot. But like. Maloney really fucked them up for the long term. God. My God. Like, and I, I forget. It was the pursuit of the cup? I mean, that one run, though? Well, that one run, but they were consistently competitive for so long. But, like, at least when you look at Chicago, you look at Chicago and you go, holy draft picks. Because they have draft picks leaking out of their second round. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. like they you look, embrace- at, you look at San Jose's capital right now. You would think that in a pl- that a team in their position right now would have would, would they need extra firsts. They have an extra second in 2024, an extra fourth in 2024, an extra fourth in 2025, an extra fifth, an extra seventh. Like. Huh? You need more. A little bit more than that would be helpful. Yes. I mean, and like, it's, they, it's just, uh, I, it's just hard. It's just. They're going to be interesting for us to go over. <laughs> that, yeah. That's, yeah. That's I'm actually looking. I'm one. looking forward to that episode. I'm looking forward to that episode. I'm looking forward to all of them. To be honest, they're all going to have their own fun things. But we mentioned it before. Ilya Samsonov and the Toronto Maple Leafs are about half they're about 50 percent of the contract away from each other based on mm-hmm. what samsonov wants um i i guess here's the first question i have for you is samsonov a two and a half million dollar goaltender yes two and a half million is, yes is he a five million dollar goaltender fuck no he is where not. would you put his number You're the arbiter. You know the numbers of where each person is at. What's the number you're coming back for on a one-year deal? On a one-year deal? Are we talking the number I'd sign him for or the number that I would that is my absolute maximum offer? As the arbiter, what is the number you are okay. putting on that contract? He wants 2.4. Well, he wants uh he wants 4.9. The Bleeps want 2.4. Split the diff, man. Well, actually, no, I wouldn't split the diff. I would actually side a little bit more with with Toronto, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't give him. So here's here's three point five. Three point five. Because last year he was one, two, three, four. He was fifth in goals against, and he was switch over. He was one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh in save percentage. He was tied with, in save percentage, Jake Ottinger, Alexander Gorgiev, and UC Soros. He beat out Igor Shosturkin, and he was just shy of Hellebuck, Swayman, Sorokin, Gustafsson, and Allmark. He had a very good season. He was also in a timeshare. He also had four shutouts, tied with Swayman, Hellebuck, Vasilevsky, Ranta, and Huso. And probably Once I had four, four shutouts. It's actually kind of surprising to me. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Mm-hmm. Um, but the big one is he had a 2.33 goals against average, and the only people ahead of him were Swayman, Ranta, Gustafson, and Allmark. Now you want to talk about saying, oh, he was part of a of a share. Well, so was Allmark and Swayman, so was Ranta, and so was Gustafson. So was everybody mm-hmm. else above him. <coughs> Are you saying you give him more? I'm just throwing data at you. It sounds like you would give him more. <laughs> I think right now where the market is for a goaltender, his value is going to be more than that. I think it's pushing closer to the side of four ish. Mm-hmm. I would, I would probably, I can understand the arbiter coming down in that four two five range for one year because those are the numbers that he's posting. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
that's that's that is that sounds like a lot. <laughs> that sounds like a lot, though. It's the Ottinger how many deal. how many games did Simpson play last year? It's 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 basically Ottinger's deal, four mil. But would you say that Ottinger's outplayed his deal? Uh, I would say right now Ottinger's the best, one of the best comparable deals, regardless of games played, because right now you you can't as a goaltender you cannot control your own starts. You can't. Mm-hmm. You're told you're riding pine today. That's your job. You're told you're starting today. That's your job. You can't control that. All you can do is can control how many pucks get by you as much as you can and how frequently the puck gets past you when you're playing. So you so, don't think the arbiter is looking, you don't think the arbiter is looking at the fact that uh, Samsonov has never played more than 44 games in a season. How many had Ottinger sign played in the season before he signed his, his deal? Listen, I, I'm saying that's the peak 4.25. I would put it in a range 3.75 to 4.25. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. If I'm saying on the lower end, personally, I would look towards the lower end of that. You know, 3.8 is probably where I personally would look to land. Mm-hmm. It, it is a little bit more in the middle. Um, do I think he's worth that? Fuck no. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Cause I've seen him play and I've seen what he does for Toronto and I've seen how they play in the playoffs. Absolutely not. If I'm Toronto, I would have tried to walk away three months ago. Mm-hmm. However, do you think there's a situation here where they, they feel like they're trapped because Murray's kind of, well, they're trapped because there's nothing better. Mm-hmm. There is nothing nothing better. They're all, they're also way over the salary cap as well. Aren't they? They are $8.8 million over the salary cap. That is right at 10%. They are right at the 10% mark. However, I know, um, Jake Muzzin 5.6 is basically written right off their books. Mm-hmm. He's going to be right in LTIR. So that'll negate more than half of that. And He's I never know playing again, right? I, I think that's pretty much the consensus. Yeah. yeah okay. He, he's an LTIR mark. And I think what I've heard is they're going to try and do that with Matt Murray. I just don't know if Matt Murray's hurt enough to do that. They're going to have to, they're, 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 that's going to be wicked scrutinized. Oh, for sure. That's my point. I don't know if he's injured enough to do it maybe for a month, in which case they're hoping they can accrue enough cap space mm-hmm. to be able to mm-hmm. finagle it. But that's going to be tough because that means they're going to have no ability at the deadline to go out and make any deals whatsoever. So, you know, they, they better hope they're able to walk that fine line. But I mean, I don't, I don't know if I trust them as much as I would trust Evan gold. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, last time I checked, we never had to see Boston sign an undrafted e-bug to, to dress because we couldn't fucking net a goaltender in the backup role they he did dubas had to do that like five or six times if i remember correctly yeah and and i get it some of that you can sit there and go well that was kyle dubas being and doing kyle dubas things but like at the same time he was also dealt a certain hand as well he was dealt the hand of matthews marner Tavares, and nylander he did not Mm -hmm. sign those if i remember correctly right you know like it, it just he's trying to get out of it and and he's trying to make shit sandwich out of out of chicken shit because those contracts <laughs> never should have been signed i love your i love your uh your mix and match metaphors <laughs> mr shit in your hands and clap together over here yes exactly yep <laughs> that's why i love him <laughs> but i mean at this point i'm looking at it going I'm moving Nylander. Mm-hmm. Where? Well, that's the question. Um, anywhere that's on his modified no trade list. Brilliant. Good. <laughs> um, no, actually, there was there was talk that they were trying to include Nylander in a Carlson deal. Mm-hmm. That they were trying to look at at Eric Carlson too. And. I mean, I, I guess if you throw TJ Brody in there or, you know, something, but it just 
Carlson makes so little sense for so many teams. You know, like you're just throwing team names at a wall with Eric Carlson. And yet Eric Carlson trade is what's constipating all of the league business right now. Mm -hmm. Because no one wants to do anything. I mean, I think with the exception of the Bruins who are waiting on arbitration dates for Frederick and Swayman, like they're just sitting there going, we don't give a fuck about Carlson. Have fun. Like we've got, we've got three guys in our sites right now and they are in order of Swayman or Frederick Swayman and Bergeron. Mm -hmm. No one else matters to us right now. (laughs) Oh, what a, uh, what a, uh, (laughs) what a life right now. Just like waiting, just waiting on that. Right. You you got everything is hinging on these, on those RFAs. What's that? Everything is hinging on those RFAs. It it is. But at the same time, I, I mean, I'd rather be in Boston situation than San Jose's mm-hmm. and, That's also true. Yeah. and to some degree, Toronto. I would, I, I would not be, I would not want to be in Toronto situation right now. That's, that's a mess. That is an actual mess. Oh, a hundred percent. If you're Willie Nylander, where do you want to go? Where do I want to go? I want to swing it back around on you. Where do you want to go if you're Willie Nylander? My best friend plays for the Boston Bruins. Yeah, but they can't afford you. <laughs> you have a you have a ten team no trade list. Who are the the teams that you are not willing to go to? Let Let's rule out the ten the thirty percent of the league that or the the ten teams that you're not willing to go to. Arizona. I would put I would probably put the Ducks on there too. Ducks, yeah. I, I hate to say it, but I put Calgary because they're a dumpster fire. Anaheim. Yeah, who knows what's going on with that? So I'll go from Pacific. I've got cap friendly pulled up, so I'm just gonna go from Pacific to Atlantic. Okay, yeah. Go uh, ahead. I would put the Ducks, the Flames, the Sharks, the Canucks, the Coyotes. Um, probably Winnipeg. Hmm. Yeah, definitely Winnipeg. He's kind of a he's kind of a cosmopolis type of guy. I don't think yeah. Winnipeg's his speed. Philadelphia. Um let's see. Don't have bad blood with anybody else. I probably put the Islanders on there. And I would need one more. Probably Montreal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and why, even would, then, why would why would he why would he refuse Montreal? Just because they're not there yet. Mm-hmm. They're not a team that's ready for him. And if if I'm looking at it from that perspective, the pieces they give up to get me are only mm-hmm. going to weaken what they have. Okay. So like, I, I, but again, when it comes to maybe the last three of them, like the Islanders, yeah, you could probably make that a playoff team if Nylander went there. Mm-hmm. I, right. I don't see the deal, but sure. Could it work if he wanted it to? Yeah. Like it, it just, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even, if I were him, I wouldn't even say no to Chicago. Mm-hmm. They're, they're building something there. You can be the start of something and they can overpay for you. They can get you the $10 million you want going forward. So like with the exception of those other teams, there's not much, out there i mean maybe i guess you could say no to the golden knights because they just flip players left and right and you know you're not going to get an extension or something you know what i mean like you could come up with a reason to say no to vegas but there's plenty more reasons to say yes that was uh oh man nylander on vegas like if you're vegas if, if toronto calls and says you know we want to deal with you if you're Vegas, can you can you squeeze them a little bit? Can you be like, yeah, oh yeah, sure, we'll take Nylander, but we're only going to give you this, this. No, because they don't have any cap space. They're over mm-hmm. already. Yeah, they're over by four. So they would need to they would need to actually actually move money. Well, they'll be over by a little. They'll be under by a little less than a million because Robin Laner is probably going to be LTIR again for five mil. Mm-hmm. Okay. And over by four point seven. So like they'll they'll have a little bit to work with, but not enough to go and get Nylander 
Um, unless, and, and obviously we've seen that they have no issues flipping players left and right, you know, un- unless mm-hmm. they go out and they say, okay, well, you know, thanks for winning the cons. My 32 year old Jonathan Marshall. for 5 million bucks, you can go to Toronto and we'll get Nylander and we'll extend him. Cause there's an age gap there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you Marsha. So, um, you would need to probably move someone else because Nylander's looking for eight figures. He's looking for eight figures, but like that's a next year problem for for Vegas. That is also true. That is how they would look. It, do you is if you are if you are Kelly McCrimmon and Nylander is on the table for you, do you just say is Nylander the piece that's gonna repeat repeat you as cup champions do you believe that what's the piece i'm losing probably a marcia so that's probably that's thing one you're losing is jonathan marcia so but you're getting younger you're getting faster and you're 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 getting a little more stick if the question is do I think I can repeat with William Nylander subbed in for Marsha? So my answer is yes. Mm-hmm. Do I think I can compete in two, three, four years? I'm not sure. Right. Because giving him 10 million. Now I have him and Eichel with stone making 9.5. And that's the other thing too, is they'll probably earn some LTIR space from Mark stone going on LTIR. Well, Mark stone, I don't think Mark stone's going on LTIR. I think what, what Vegas is going to do is they're going to, they're basically going to say like, you know, he's probably going to, he's probably going to be a half season player going forward. Almost like a 13th forward. Yeah. And scratch most of the time, unless they really need the win. Right, exactly. I mean, they have a little bit of depth, but not much. They trade it all away. So, I, I mean, like I said, would Nylander help me repeat if I'm Vegas? Yes. If I have him over Marcia, so a little bit more. Because, again, Marcia, so is 32. Nylander is, what, 25? 20, yes. 20, 25, 26, something like that. So you just got younger. Mar- uh, Nylander can play in the playoffs. He's the only Leaf who's proven that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there, there's something there. Now, is he going to be the Smythe winner? No, but we also saw this year. Eichel could have won it. Stone could have won it. Carlson could have won it. Barbashev could have won it. Aiden Hill could have won it. You know, Martinez could have won it. Like, mm-hmm. the one that you had who won it, Marcia so, wasn't the only one who was capable of helping your team get there. So it, it is quite an interesting conundrum there. But like I said, it, it's the it's the Eric Carlson constipation trade. Mm-hmm. Once that goes through, I think we'll see more floodgates open, but <laughs> gross. <laughs> <laughs> Yet the analogy works because that's what you say when you watch him play the position of defenseman. Nah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But and, and I will say an interesting team that I'm circling in that believe it or not is the Anaheim Ducks Mm -hmm. they're seven million dollars under the cap floor oh yeah they need to they need to they need to sign Zegris Drysdale and Terry so yeah I don't know what they're waiting for exactly I think they're waiting to see if they're needed to retain money in a Carlson deal Mm -hmm. because if I'm them right now I mean it, it you were talking about you pull up cap friendly right now. They're the only ones that need to get to the cap floor. They're mm-hmm. 6.3. Sorry. I rounded a little too much. They're 6.3 below the floor. That's still below the floor. Right. And okay. So let's say you do eight year deals for Terry Drysdale and um, uh, who's the other one. I just said them all too. <laughs> Terry Drysdale and Zegers. And Zegers. Thank you. Mm-hmm. How high are you going on those deals? 10 mil a piece? Okay, well, now they're pushing getting over because they're $28 million under the cap. I was going to say, I'm like, I'm like, it, they do that and 
It's going to make and a lot of not. enemies in the uh, going to make a lot of enemies in the agent world because they're setting unrealistic markets. But that's my point. Like that that is what they would have to do to get over the cap. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, they do realistic bridge contracts, mm -hmm. and now you're at the floor, a little above it. And oh, by the way, they only have 18 of 23 contracts signed. Now, that being said, as soon as they sign those three guys, it's 21, mm -hmm. but they don't have a retention spot being used. Mm -hmm. Why not get a free asset with your cap space? Hmm. And what? Hmm. And who do they have who Pittsburgh might be looking at? Who's that? <laughs> Someone between the pipes. Mm. But they just signed Jari to that five by five. Not because he wanted to. Because <laughs> he had to. <laughs> but here's here's oh, my boy. question. How much how much is Tristan Jari worth on, on a goal on, on the open market if you're a goaltender needy team, not desperate like Pittsburgh? Three mil, maybe 2.75, okay. three mil. Okay. So now you're Kyle Dubas. You have to get a little creative. You wanted John Gibson. You couldn't get him. Something was in the way. You want Eric Carlson. You got to swing some pieces. Guess what? Mm -hmm. Tristan mm -hmm. Jari can go back out the door. Are you worried about burning that bridge? You weren't worried about burning it when it was Marc-Andre Fleury, and you weren't worried about burning it was Matt Murray. And Tristan Jari <laughs> is worse than, well, flurry but beside the point his his mm -hmm. his dollar amount can go and you can like it's one of those things where there's a lot of moving parts to them because you have to get sure. players on board with going places for their money you know like orloff went to minnesota for his money to go there and then immediately got put back on a on a piece of paper to get shipped out to boston mm-hmm you know, he was he was a Minnesota Wild for 25 minutes. Like, there has to be some buy-in. There has to be something with the agent. And you you have to figure out where would a guy like Petri want to go. He's not going to want to go to Anaheim, but you're going to have to convince Anaheim to take some of his money or you're going to have to convince him to go to San Jose. That's the type of move that we're really looking at here. Mm -hmm. That's... uh. Where another where a third team ends up getting involved, um, like you were saying a lot during the during uh during earlier parts of the offseason. Are you surprised that we haven't seen as many three team trades with the money allocation problem? Here's the problem: you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. You have twelve teams already over the cap. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 12 teams over the cap, including one of them that is at the maximum that you can, you are allowed to be over the cap. And one who's just shy of that maximum. Tampa mm -hmm. Bay is 6.9 over the cap. And so Tampa Bay has got to deal somebody too. Uh-huh. That's why, again, if I'm a team like Anaheim, I'm sitting here going, hooray, let me get some free assets here from some cap space. And I can do it up to three times. Mm -hmm. So now I got to figure out which of the three teams I'm going to help the most that aren't going to burn me the most. <laughs> but, and then, and then you look at some of these other teams, the middling teams like Jersey, they've got three mil to work with mm -hmm. flyers. They got three mil to work with two very different positioned organizations right now. How do the Devils still have cap with the offseason they've had? They haven't really done much, though. They let money go. That's interesting. It feels like they've done so much this year. They, that, that top six is frightening. Oh, this top six is awfully just, oh, Meyer, Hughes, Brad, Heischer, Palat, Toffoli. Yeah. I hate to say it, but I, I love their recent ad of Thomas Noshik, too, from Boston. Oh, that's a that's a fantastic ad. That's an awesome ad. 
Him and Curtis Lazar on the fourth line together. I forgot that Curtis Lazar was there. Huh? Like, yeah, you're getting brewing south over here. Mm-hmm. You know, you got Eric Halla, Noshik, Lazar, Colin Miller. <laughs> and we just and and the Bruins just signed the Bruins just signed Jesper Boquist, who just fucking the pipeline yeah. is alive and well. Yeah. I I just very different organization set right now for for them versus say I don't know Philly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it it's like you said it's the dog days. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what Sam Sonoff gets. And and what's funny is none of the teams are signing Anton Strawman because they're all going to lie to him anyway. Man, that is somebody who has some uh, can't make wine with sour grapes, bud. And you know what? What did you think of what he had to say? I feel like there was a miscommunication, mm-hmm. a misunderstanding. I, I, well, sort of. I truly feel like when they signed him, they were like, "Listen, we've got six to seven guys competing for a spot. You're, you're right in the mix at number eight on the list. You have very much an opportunity to make this roster. You have very much an opportunity to, you know." sit on the ninth floor every night like your play will dictate where you are and his play dictated, dictated that he where he was <laughs> and when they looked at him and Weird, they went, huh? yeah and they went huh you um you you remember in the mighty ducks when they look and they go Char- uh adam banks third line center varsity what they looked at him and they went top line set top line uh, right defenseman Maine, what? So, <laughs> so I specifically remember the first game he was in. The first game he was in for Boston, he played nearly twenty minutes, and Jim Montgomery went, "I'm not doing that again." <laughs> and he didn't. <laughs> and he didn't. <laughs> so. So for, for those who don't know, um, the exact quote from Anton Strawman is that there's a lot of backstabbing and cheating in the NHL, which... Which I fully believe. I, w- well, yes. Welcome to the NHL, bud. You've been here for 14 years. Did you just figure this out? Well, I mean, he was with Arizona. He was, with, you know, a bad Tampa Bay team. He was with... Yeah, he probably just figured it out. Yeah, yeah. The he was he if I remember correctly, wasn't he top pair for one of the cup teams for Tampa Bay and twenty? Not the team that won the cup, but one of the teams that went to the Cup Finals twenty fifteen. I believe he was a top pairing defenseman that year. So he's he's not he's not stupid. He's not an idiot. Well, but to go, but to go, (laughs) he might just be in denial, man. Like. He said he felt lied to by Boston. Did you look at our depth chart? Did you look at our depth chart, sir? Uh, Apparently he did not. I'm looking up that 14-15 Tampa Bay team right now, too, for you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, my God. That team had Radko Gudis on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, they sure did. Oh, yeah. They lost in the cup final to the Blackhawks. Yep. Wow. Oh, my God. (laughs) Tyler Johnson. Talk about falling off. (laughs) Man. Uh, And then Kucherov was 21. Wow. Mm -hmm. Um, Strawman was 28. He played all 82 games that year. They still had Alex Kalorn and Victor Hedman. Jonathan Druin was 19. <laughs> wow. They had Jonathan Marcheseau. They did. That they did. Wow. And you know what's funny is their goaltenders that year were age 28. Ben Bishop started 59 games. Evgeny Nabokov, 39 years old, started nine games. Oh, and I forgot Nabokov was on that team. And 20-year-old Andre Vasilevsky started 13 games. I forgot that Evgeny Nabokov was on that team. That's funny. 
Evgeny Nabokov was on that team. That's so funny. <laughs> so close to a cup, yet so far. Oh, yeah. Ed Brendan Morrow on that team. Mm-hmm. Brian Boyle. Braden Colburn. Cedric Let's Paquette. name some guys. Hey, that team's changed a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that oh that year in the playoffs, Tyler Johnson led them in scoring. He scored 23 points to Nikita Kucherov's 22. My how things have changed. And he was tied regular season. My how Steven things Stanford have changed. Points. Wow. Just mm-hmm. to think though, like, and then the following year they went and they lost to Pittsburgh in the conference final. well it's so began years upon years of their kind of a reign of terror but but we'll get to it during the previews but i don't think i don't think tampa i don't think tampa is uh is the uh vaunted juggernaut they once were at this point. no no not at all oh i think that's gonna be a fun one to talk about Mm-hmm. That one's going to be a lot of fun. So, yeah, like like you said, we're going to dissect each and every team. We've got over 30 episodes planned because, well, you know, over 30 teams. Uh, we'll let you know how we think they're going to do in comparison to last year, what we're looking at that's making us question what the fuck they're doing, <laughs> everything. It, it depends on the team. Every team is going to be different. That's the best part about it. Right. Um, and then at the end, we'll we'll kind of wrap up. We'll go through each division. We'll we'll give you our way too early predictions for the for the divisions. Mm-hmm. And and I think, especially knowing you and me, those will be interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I already owe I already owe too many beers uh, to other people. So let's just let's not let let's, let's not, not attach any wagers. No, but actually, speaking of wagering, because we are partnered with FanDuel. Uh, we'll go through the odds uh, for each team as well. Some of their right. odds are out are out there. Will they make the playoffs? Won't they make the playoffs? Things like that. Those odds mm-hmm. are out there. So as we go through each team, we'll we'll let you know our thoughts on some of those bets. That don't take betting advice from us by any stretch, but we'll let you know our. Well, thoughts you will on. you will end up destitute inside of a shopping cart on a street corner, owing beers, owing beers. So, but I mean, again, it's like you said, the dog days, we're at this for an hour. We're still able to yap for it. We we could go on and on. We got 32 teams we can talk about, but you know, that we're going to save that for, for a rainy day fund here, but exactly, you know, any, anything major in the last week or so that we've kind of maybe let go that we haven't talked about, um, just to kind of wrap this one up, put a bow on it and, We'll come back with uh, with Team One. We'll, it'll be a surprise who we start with because I don't even know if we know. We don't. We have no idea. Just like um, just just re- we'll say it at the same time during the first episode and see what happens. Yeah. Right. Who did you Who did you research? <laughs> Three, two, one. Minnesota Anaheim. Fuck. <laughs> 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 we're recording later <laughs> but i mean it, the whole point is though is it's going to be fun i mean right mm-hmm. now this is literally the time on the calendar to relax for a little bit because not much is going to happen something is going to break it's going to be a couple sign like arbitrations first and foremost on every general manager's mind right now they're preparing for all those cases and trying to get a last minute deal so they don't have to go into a lawyer's office and be like, our player sucks. Here's why. And then have the player look at him and go, but I did all this. What do you mean? Well, I don't think anybody's ever going to do what Mike Milbury did to Tommy Sallow. I don't know. Made him cry. Oh, God. Why doesn't that surprise me? <laughs> they had an arbitration hearing and he made him sob. Why do I feel like our friend Dom Tiano would have a lot more arbitration stories? Oh, I would, I would, I would love to hear some Dom Tiano arbitration stories. You kidding me? Oh, that'd be great. We'll have to, I'll have to reach out and see if we can grab a couple for next time as well. But 
you know what? I, I think right now we'll, you know, enjoy this episode. It's, it's been fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I got nothing else. I'm, I'm hockey newsed out right now. I'm tapped out, bud. So, <laughs> I think it's time for both of us to go to bed. <laughs> we will, uh, uh, we'll, we'll get this one pushed out and we'll, uh, we'll start working on figuring out which team first and all those will come flooding through, but maybe we'll wait till after the arbitration dates. We'll see. Yeah. But just like subscribe, follow all those fun little things because you never know when you're going to get an episode. We didn't even know we were going to do this one tonight until today. So it just, some things happened. We got to sit down and talk about it. That's what we do here. That's what we do. If you don't like it, puck off.